0: take a moment to connect with your mates a simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference and if they don't respond right away don't hesitate to follow up let's all take a moment to talk more than football
1: it's friday night it's the preview show it's the
2: no name Never podcast
3: Welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner and superstar of the preview show. It is, of course, Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, have you calmed down yet since Watford away?
1: Um, Yeah, kind of. Ready, ready for uh, Saturday. It's another uh, another big game. They don't uh, stop coming, do they? but we're on a, a good run, on a roll. So let's uh, hope it can continue for uh, for a little while yet.
3: Yeah, definitely. It was very, um, for those of you who haven't caught it yet, the boys were in the analysis studio yesterday um, picking apart that Watford result um, and also looking about the implications of the really annoying Everton result on the Sunday as well and what that kind of looks like from the league's perspective. So if you haven't yet checked it out, please do. You can get it from all good podcast providers. Um, But Dave, I think what got me was the spirit of the win and the determination to go ahead and get three points. I think, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful to Dash anyway and I'm very conscious that it's very easy to say this when the poor guys have moved on clubs but I think under Dash we probably get the equaliser but we've often been guilty of under Dash of not going for that Win, You know, we just get the point and with so few minutes left to play to protect that point on the basis that the a good point away from home regardless. Um, but there's definitely a shift in that mentality under Jackson's side, isn't there?
1: Uh, there is, yeah, there definitely has been and that has uh, paid dividends so far.
3: Well, it's all to play for then still, Clarets, and we will be looking ahead at the next important fixture in a moment. But before we do that, we of course have a quiz question that we need to give our listeners, an answer to. Now, before we previewed that Watford game, we asked you, Chris Wood, with 49 goals, is still Burnley's top scorer in the Clarence Premier League games, but three opposition players have scored eight goals in each, um, sorry, eight goals each against Burnley in these matches. Can you name all three? This was quite a tough question, I thought, Dave. Can you please tell our listeners what the answer was, please, and let us know if anybody has given you a right answer.
1: Yeah, well, the top three scorers uh, against us, against Burnley, in those 300 Premier League games to date are uh, Harry Kane, with eight, uh, Emmerich Aubameyang, also with eight, and Ried Mares, All three of them have scored eight goals against Burnley in those, um, in those matches. If you're interested, going down the list, we had uh, Jamie Vardy and Sergio Aguero with six each. We had uh, Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane, along with Ben Mee, own goal. Uh, with five um, and then the ones with four there are seven of them Alexis Sanchez Callum Wilson Charlie Austin uh, Christian Pulisic Mikhail Antonio Robbie Keane and Romelu Lukaku
3: good stuff any correct answers please
1: uh, one or two getting either one or two but nobody with all three so we didn't uh, get a full set from anyone so I've, uh, I've stumped our listeners again
3: Always, Dave, always. Well, listeners, do not fret because you don't have to wait very much longer for a new shot at a quiz question. You just need to hang around to the end of the show. Dave will be setting us this week's quiz question right at the end.
1: Premier League, head to head!
3: OK, Dave, well, we have a job to do. We have a Premier League fixture that we need to preview for our listeners, please. It is, of course, Aston Villa at home, Saturday the 7th of May, so 3pm kickoff. not broadcast anywhere live on TV in the UK, um, why don't you set off with the history of this fixture, please, starting with Premier League meetings?
1: Yeah, our paths have
3: crossed with Aston
1: Villa in four of our previous seven Premier League campaigns, meaning that the week this weekend will be their fifth visit to Turf Moor for a Premier League game. Uh, after a couple of draws and a defeat for Burnley, we enjoyed a memorable comeback win in January 2021 as we triumphed 3-2 in a match which many of us will recall watching on TV as it was played behind closed doors. Um, After Burnley had levelled the scores twice through a Ben Mee header and a Dwight McNeil shot from the edge of the box, it was Chris Wood who added in the winner. Uh, Prior to that, the two teams played out a 1-1 draw uh, in November 2009, Uh, as an early header from skipper Stephen Caldwell was cancelled out by a late equaliser from Emil Heskey. Then in November 2014, a first-half goal from Joe Cole was cancelled out when current Villa striker Danny Ings put away a late penalty to earn Burnley a draw. Uh, The other game of the four, which we haven't mentioned yet, took place on New Year's Day 2020, uh, when Wesley and Jack Grealish put Villa 2-0 up in the first half, and despite a Chris Wood goal with 10 minutes remaining, Burnley were unable to find an equaliser. Uh, Although we're focusing on the Premier League meetings, Villa's win on New Year's Day 2020 was their first at Turf Moor since the late 1950s and was also their first league win at Turf Moor since 1936. Uh, Since Burnley were champions of England in 1960, Villa have played at Turf Moor 16 times, Uh, they've lost nine, Drawn six in all competitions, as well as that win on New Year's Day 2020. So, with our only home Premier League win being so recent, we've decided to go back in time a little bit further in pursuit of a suitable game to choose as our memory match.
3: Memory match! Yeah. Go on then. Why don't you tell us what that memory match is?
1: Uh, Yeah, as I've mentioned already, there are plenty of past Burnley home wins over Aston Villa to choose from. But we've gone back to November 1966 for a 4-2 win in which one notable player who represented both clubs during his career scored all four of Burnley's goals to delight the Turf Moor crowd. After suffering four defeats in the previous five games, Burnley got back on track with a victory. But the result remained in doubt until the last 10 minutes of the game, as the late, great Andy Lockhead provided a devastating display of goal scoring. Uh, I've recently started adding in some Burnley Express headlines to provide some additional context for the Burnley Stats match database, starting with a period from the 1940s to the 1960s. So I can tell you that Keith McNee's Burnley Express match report included the following headline. Ruthless Lockhead hit devastating form. In terms of the game, Burnley trailed at the break as a chip goal by Johnny McLeod had given the visitors the advantage. Andy Lockhead equalised after 58 minutes, finishing with a left-footed shot after a shot from Gordon Harris had been blocked. And it was also Andy Lockhead who gave Burnley the lead four minutes later as he finished with his right foot this time from a left-wing cross. Villa rallied though and drew level again after 79 minutes when Johnny McLeod intercepted a back pass from Lockhead and set up Lou Chatterley to find the net past Adam Blacklaw. Uh, Andy Lockhead soon atoned for this error though, and a minute later beat Colin Withers with a right-footed shot to complete his hat trick, and then added another with a trademark header to make it 4-2 after 85 minutes.
2: CLUB
1: CONNECTION!
3: now. Our next section is one that I'd completely forgotten about, Dave, and it took me by surprise when we were doing our pre-recording run-through. And that is, of course, a club connection. Because, of course, this is the first time we've played Villa this season, Dave.
1: It's a strange one. Yes, we're in May and we uh, we haven't played them yet. So we're kind of going back in time to the first half of the season when we did the club connection section and uh, looking back at some of the players who've played for, for both teams um, I've already mentioned Andy Lockhead uh, sadly died in March of this year uh, in the recap of our chosen memory match and he remains a legend at both clubs but let's take a look at the other players who have played for Burnley and Aston Villa since the Second World War. In addition to Andy Lockhead there's also been uh, Doug Winton, Tony Morley, Terry Donovan, Adrian Heath, Gordon Cowens, Gareth Farrelly, Gary Cahill, uh, Pete Whittingham, Eric Jember Jember, Joey Johnson, Gabo Kirai, uh, Nathan Delfonso, Tom Heaton, Peter Crouch and Danny Drinkwater. And in addition to those 16 players, there are also three who are currently on Burnley's books. Uh, that's Ashley Westwood, Phil Barsley and Matt Lowton, as well as current Villa striker Danny Ings, who spent time at Liverpool and Southampton after leaving Burnley before a move to Villa Park at the start of this
3: season. Interesting stuff. Some good names on there. It's been quite a strong connection between the two clubs, hasn't there, over the years? Um, certainly has. Yeah, certainly has. What about on this day then, Dave? What have you picked for us following the same date from previous years? On
1: this day, oh, we've got a smaller pot to pick from this time. We're into uh, May, and many seasons from the past ended in mm. April, so there are just thirteen past Burnley matches to choose from this time in our On This Day section. Uh, Burnley have just four wins from those past games, so let's go back and see if we can uncover some notable results. Uh, The final league game of the 19-20-21 season was a 2-2 draw against Sunderland at Turf Moor. The Clarets had already been crowned as champions in a season that included a record-breaking run of 30 league games unbeaten. Uh, On this day in 1932, Jack Kelly scored the only goal as Burnley beat Nottingham Forest 1-0 at Turf Moor in the final league game of that season. And that was it until after World War II. Uh, In 1949, Harry Potts' early goal was cancelled out by a second-half strike from Stan Mortensen as Burnley drew 1-1 with Blackpool at Bloomfield Road in the season's final game. And in 1963, Ian Towers scored the only goal in a 1-0 away win at Leighton Orient, which left Burnley in fourth place. Uh, due to the severe winter, Burnley still had two matches left to play that season. Uh, 1966 saw so our first defeat on 7th of May as an unfortunate Alex Elder own goal uh, gifted Leeds United a 1-0 win at Turf Moor. And then there was just one match in the 1970s. Uh, that was a 3-1 home win over Notts County in 1977. A uh, player we mentioned as playing for both sides, uh, Tony Morley, he scored two of Burnley's goals in that match. Uh, in 1983, as Burnley struggled for second division survival, we picked up a point in a 1-1 draw at home to Grimsby Town, when we could have really done with all three. Uh, the following year, 1984, saw a heavy 4-0 away defeat against Scunthorpe United at the old showground. And in 1988, we thought that a late Georgia goal had earned us a home draw against Cardiff until Jimmy Gilligan scored a late winner in a match which was marred by some unnecessary disruption from pitch invasions in the closing stages. Uh, Despite losing the last league game of the 1993-94 season, 4-1 at Exeter City on 7th May 1994, sixth place Burnley recovered to earn promotion via the playoffs after getting past Plymouth Argyle and Stockport County. But the last game of the following season, on 7th May 1995, that was a 1-1 draw against Bolton Wanderers at Burnham Park, with the Clarets already resigned to relegation back to the third tier. Uh, There have been two more games since the year 2000. In 2011, a Jay Rodriguez goal was cancelled out by a late, late equaliser from Craig Bellamy as we drew 1-1 with Cardiff City at Turf Moor. And then in 2016, there was a memorable trip to the Valley to see Burnley beat Charlton Athletic 3-0, continuing a run of 23 undefeated and confirming the championship title. Sadly, the only trophy on display that day was inflatable. So to summarise, <laughs> Burnley have won four, drawn five and lost three. Four of 13 previous matches on this date with 16 goals for and 18 against.
3: Oh, good stuff. Scouting report! Um, well, that brings us up to speed with the history this fixture, Dave. So why don't you bring us bang up to date with the future, starting with our scouting report?
1: Uh, yeah, as we're in the rather unusual situation of this being the first time we've played each other this season, uh, we haven't yet had a chance to give you our lowdown on Aston Villa. Uh, However, as we play the home game this weekend and then the return fixture at Villa Park just 12 days later, then we're going to try our best to split the content and not repeat ourselves too much in our scouting report section. Uh, Stephen Gerrard left Rangers to take up the Villa Park hot seat in November of of last year. Uh, That was after the departure of Dean Smith. Uh, After starting with a 4-3-3 formation, uh, Stephen Gerrard's used a variety of formations, including 4-4-2, 4-3-2-1 and 4-1-4-1. The one constant has been a back four. And for their last Premier League match, that was a, a central defensive partnership of Callum Chambers and Tyrone Mings. Uh, with Matty Cash and Luca Dean as fullbacks, playing in front of Emmy Martinez. Uh, Ollie Watkins plays a lone striker that was uh, in the match against uh, Norwich City. Uh, Tim Aroganam played a holding defensive midfield role with Coutinho, Jacob Ramsey, John McGinn and Leon Bailey in front of him. Uh, Danny Ings came off the bench in the second half and combined with another substitute, Emu Buendia, to score Villa's second goal. Uh, we're going to save the recap of Villa's 2022 2020- 122 transfer activity and they're best performing players for when we have the return fixture which takes place at Villa Park a week on Thursday that's the 19th but in terms of missing players for Saturday there appear to be three players who are ruled out uh, they are Morgan Sanson, Leon Bailey and
3: Courtney House. Well, you've heard what what we think about our opposition for the weekend, but you know we don't like to leave it there. We like to bring you some updates from the actual fans of the club themselves. This week, we are joined by Cole Patton, who is the host of the Holtcast podcast, and he's going to tell us how he's feeling ahead of this weekend's game in our Opposition View.
2: Opposition View. Hello, no, nay, never, listeners. This is Cole Petum from the seventy-five hundred to Holt Holtcast podcast and Aston Villa podcast. I've been asked by the lads over on the pod to kind of give a little inside scoop into the comings and goings and proceedings of Aston Villa Football Club and kind of look at Saturday's game as a whole as it comes up at Turf more. So, kind of to dive into the Villa perspective. How has this season went? Well, unless you've been living under a rock, it's been uh, quite an eventful one for Villa as a whole, of course. Starting the season, losing Jack Grealish in the summer, then Dean Smith kind of having a little bit of an unbalanced start, a little bit of uptick, beat United 1-0 at Old Trafford, which never happens for Villa as as long as I can remember, to be honest, if not longer. All was going good, and then it went bad with five losses on the bounce. Dean Smith gets sacked don't really know what's going to go on. Stevie G comes in and saves the day. Uptick and form, downtick, uptick, four losses on the bounce, a draw against Leicester, a win against Norwich, and now we're basically where we are right now, heading into Saturday. It's be- definitely been a very, very dismal season from the high, high hopes many villains really thought we would hit, um basically, from the very end of last season. I think last season we finished on roughly 55 points. We're at 40 right now with, what, four games to play. Still haven't played Burnley yet this season, which in May is extremely odd, but you know what, the last two years have been extremely odd, so it is what it is, so Burnley to play twice, of course we still have to play Palace as well, and our old friend Jack Grealish on the final day, Man City, should be very, very interesting, hopefully we can get a little result there and kind of uh, screw him over a little bit, but uh, anyways, you can tell I have no hard feelings, but yeah, in a kind of little bit of a gist, this season has been massively underwhelming for us Villa fans, as I've kind of stated it before, and I mean, it's just been one unbalanced thing after another, and hopefully heading into the summer, we can finish this season a little bit stronger um, than we started it, Um, and uh, hope for better things to come under Steven Gerrard's reign as Villa Boss. Still a little bit skeptical, but nonetheless, I will give the man some time, and hopefully he turns things around. But anyways, going over to the game on Saturday at Turf Moor. It's going to be a tricky one to call. Um, I mean, I say that Villa don't particularly do well against physical sides. And for some reason, every time Villa play Burnley, I'm never that confident. Of course, we beat them, or you guys, I should say, 2-0 in the 2019-2020 season at Turf Moor. I think that was the Boxing Day game where Wesley got hurt and all that um, controversy came about. Um, aside from that, I think of last year's <laughs> events where we lost three, two, uh, two, one leaders, and then somehow just threw that away. Oh, so typical Villa at times. So it's going to be a mixed bag. Uh, really ever since Sean Dyche has left, Michael Jackson has Burnley playing still a physical style of play, but you're showing a little bit more creativity and expressing yourselves a little bit more on the pitch. So, Um, as pleasing as that can be for some on the eye, I guess for an, um, uh, for an opposition standpoint, you really know, never know what you're going to get, but I'm going to go with a one all score line. I feel like a draw is probably due here that gets us to 41, gets you guys to 37. I think Burnley will be safe, but nonetheless, we'll have to wait and see what comes the end of the season. But anyways, thanks for having me on lads and might as well say it now, but up the villa.
3: What about the referee then, Dave? Who's in the middle at the weekend?
1: Uh, We've got David Coote. He's a Nottingham-based official. He's already taken charge of two Burnley matches so far this season. Uh, He was at Turf Moor in August on the opening day of the campaign as Brighton came from behind to snatch all three points. And he was also the official in charge for our away game at the Emirates against Arsenal in January. And that match ended nil-nil. I don't think he had a particularly convincing performance in either of those games, but hopefully we won't be bemoaning his performance at 5pm on Saturday afternoon. Uh, In terms of all of his past matches involving Burnley, we have five wins, five draws and four defeats in his previous 14 games in all competitions. Uh, including the Championship, and it's three Burnley wins out of nine for Premier League matches only. And um, He's yet to show a red card to any player in those 14 previous Burnley games, You may recall that just under 12 months ago, he failed to send off Fulham goalkeeper Alphonse Areola for a blatant handball outside his box, which denied Matty Vidra a goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, Thankfully, on that occasion, it didn't affect the result, and Burnley still went on to win that vital away game at Craven Cottage. Uh, Finally, for this section, Paul Tierney. He'll be the video assistant referee on Saturday afternoon.
3: And I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because you like to spoil our listeners. So why don't you dive deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous stat of the week. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Uh, yeah, this week's stat relates to, uh, a Burnley player relates
1: to Jack Cork. Um, He's never been prolific in front of goal, And his equaliser at Watford was the first time he'd found the net since he scored against Liverpool at Turf Moor way back in December 2018. Uh, Jack Cork has now scored 11 goals for Burnley, going right back to his time on loan from Chelsea more than a decade ago. Uh, Remarkably, nine of those 11 goals, including his vital equaliser at Watford last Saturday, have been headers. Uh, The only goals he scored for Burnley with his feet with the extra-time winner over Istanbul Basak Sahir in the Europa League qualifier in August 2018, and that goal he scored against Liverpool in the Premier League a few months later. Hopefully, he won't leave it quite so long to find the net again.
3: Oh, fingers crossed. It makes a change that is actually being played. I think that probably makes a difference, doesn't it? Um, So how are you feeling ahead of this weekend, Dave? It must feel much more comfortable knowing that we are out of the relegation zone. And actually for the first time in a long time, it's completely in our own hands now with survival this season.
1: Um I don't feel comfortable. I think the the position we're in, you 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 know that you're playing a game and you can only control what you're doing and you've got other teams who are playing that, that weekend as well. Um, and you know that if you slip up, there's always a chance that the other teams can can get wins. So um until uh, I'll be happy, I think, if we can go into the last game of the season and we don't have to get a result. That'll be the ultimate situation to be in. We've got a long way to go before then. We've got three vital games, two against Aston Villa, home and away, and obviously the game against Spurs. Um, And we need to get some points from those games. If we can get four, six, or you know, even better than that in terms of points, then that's going to get us up there. And the fact that we're in there with two other teams and not just one, that makes a difference now, I think. When it was just yeah. us and Everton, um, now Leeds have been drawn into it. It does um, spread the risk a little bit from from that perspective. So I think that that's definitely helps Burnley. Um, well, the, the leads thing's I mean.
3: critical, Dave, because we now no longer need to really be that bothered about what Everton do, because all we need to do now is better Leeds, or either match equal or Equal, because we've got a much better equal. goal difference. Yeah, all we need yes. to do is equal um, Leeds uh, results this season, and we're safe. Yes. They go down. So actually, we no longer, you know, Everton could win all remaining five of their games for all we care. It doesn't, you know, that's not going to affect us. Whereas before it was just a two-horse race and it was just us and, and Everton and we were having to rely on them to maintain this terrible form that we're in. And and it's very difficult when they've they've had an awful season and they've very much deserved to be in the relegation zone. But they do have still got some class in that side. They've got some talent that can turn a game around. We saw it at the weekend, but so to, to me, I don't, I don't think people have fully comprehended just how important it is that we've dragged leads into this um, turning to the weekend's game. then obviously out of all of these fixtures that we've got, Aston Villa at home is the absolute dream one. It's the one that we want. Um, Mike Jackson's still in charge. We expect that the lineup to probably be the same, Um I I mean, you must be feeling confident that we're going to get a a decent result at the weekend. I can't see us losing, Dave, at all.
1: Uh, Well, all three results are possible and Burnley do tend to put us through the grinder. We don't always get the results we expect. But yeah, based on the the previous performances and the uh, the results we've got, we're going in with some momentum. Uh, You look at the table as well in terms of the form table. uh, We've had 13 points from our last six games. That obviously includes the uh, last two with Sean Dyche in charge. Um, we're level on points with Spurs and there's only Man City and Liverpool with more points. Uh, Aston Villa, meanwhile, they picked up just four points from their last six games. There's only Watford who've got three points who have fewer. So certainly in terms of um, form going into the game, um, it's definitely in Burnley's favour. But we need to be very careful. And we need to make sure that we can, uh, as I say, build on that momentum and, and get a positive result on Saturday.
3: Yeah. What's the injury situation then ahead of that game, Dave?
1: Uh, well, we think, uh, well, Jay Rodriguez, it was an odd one, wasn't he? He was named in the team and then he uh, had a tight hamstring in the, well, literally not just before kickoff. I think it was quite surprised when uh, um, it came out and it was um, um, Matty Vidra instead of him uh, on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a, a, a doubt, I guess, still. He's not not uh, maybe 50 50. Um, Maxwell Corne is still a doubt. Uh, ben Mees back out on the grass training, but I guess it's be probably too early for him. And yeah. um, Eric Peters is definitely going to be um, involved by the sounds of it. He's been back on the grass and trained all week. Um, other longer term injuries we know about: Ashley Westwood's had his uh, ankle operation, so he's going to be out of action for a while. And as we know, Johan Bergmundson is made of glass, so that's kind <laughs> of the um, that, that's the, <laughs> the injury situation.
3: It's very sassy for you, Dave. I like it. Um, go on, then give me a. a, a... Prediction. <laughs> you threw me then with the, with the JBG comment. What, what's your prediction then for the game, Dave? Uh,
1: I'm going to go for a win, but I don't think yes. it'll be easy. I think it's going to be a 2-1 win. Doesn't
3: matter. Doesn't matter. The Wolves win wasn't easy. 2-1 win. Who's going to score?
1: Mm. Uh, I think we're going to get uh, a Tarky header. Ooh. Is that the name then? And Lemire? we're going to get... F- Dwight's going to get a goal. Dwight, Dwight's Dwight's it. Oh, goal. I'd love
3: Dwight to get a goal. I think he's had just the roughest of seasons. He's had... A manager he clearly wasn't getting along with and there was some friction there. He's fell out with the fans halfway through the season. The fans really got in his case and gave him a hard time. And he's under a new manager, thriving a little bit. And gosh, I'd really love him to get a goal. That would be ace. Um, I'm also going to predict a win day, which will not surprise you at all. I'm going to say we're going to win 2-0. I think we're going to keep a clean sheet. Um, I'm going to go for a vout. Uh, a vouch from from something like a corner, but like a, a kick or something like that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go for. Oh, I'm gonna say Dwight as well. Listeners, you know the drill by now. Please, we want your predictions ahead of the weekend's game. Can you please tell us the scoreline? Who scored? Presuming that you're not picking a nil nil, and how they scored. Please, you can tweet us at None and Ever. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page, or you can email us at podcast. No, nope, that's not the one. Preview show. Preview show at None and Ever
0: Fantasy Premier
3: League update. Dave, section two of the preview show. Da, 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 da. We're actually going to be able to give you an FPL update this week, aren't we?
1: Uh, we are, yes. We uh, we weren't able to last time, although we had a very packed show, didn't we, with uh, Ian Denison for, uh, for the last preview show we did. So it didn't work out too badly from that point of view. But yes, we can bring our listeners and our FPL managers back up to date with the latest league table, if you would like me to go ahead and give the update. Yeah, please. Go, go, go. OK, so once again, uh, I have a top 10 countdown, which I promised I would do uh, when we're able to uh, between now and the end of the season. So let's find out who's still in with a chance of emulating last season's winner. That was Sean Danaher. We have got in 10th place, Chris Stanworth. Uh, Chris Horner's in ninth. Uh, our own Adam Dennett is in 8th place. Will Cooper in 7th. Luke Lambert is in sixth. Uh, Callum Davis is a climber up to fifth. We've got uh, some lots of familiar names here, we've been up to the table, up to the top of the table for quite a while. Uh, Deck Clark in fourth place. Ursay uh, in third. Jacob Sathwell in second, but leading the way, I think it's a non-mover because we've had two weeks in between. Uh, we've got Tall Paul is our leader with 2,334 points, a lead of 30 at the top.
3: There are some familiar names in there. There's a lot of familiar names that we uh, we've known through through social media for a long time. And obviously, I've mentioned this before. Tall Paul is somebody I know on a personal level, so I'm um, I'm excited for him. Um, but how can we not be supporting our very own Adam Dennett from the Analysis Show? I'm t- I'm conflicted here, Dave. I'm very conflicted. Um, well, I, I don't remember seeing my name in the top ten. Where, uh, have you like just,
1: just outside? I think yeah.
3: Okay, just out, like tenth and a half. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, well done to. Uh, oh, no, actually, um, what's it? I was going to say, we, we've skipped a bit. Um, April's Manager of the Month. Uh,
1: yes, we've got. So we can reveal now that April's Manager of the Month, because we're now into May, all the, uh, the, the weeks and the games from April are complete. Uh, and I can reveal that the winner for April's Manager of the Month is. Callum Davis Excellent. Uh, who accumulated a very impressive 398 points in the month of April. Uh, in second place was Aidan Thompson with 371, and David Entwistle, who had been leading for a while, uh, was in third place with
3: 345. Excellent. Well, well done, Callum. Do remember to get in touch with us, please, because we've got to send you your prize for the April Manager of the Month, which is, of course, an On and Ever sticker. Very great. Get in touch, please. Um, What about the FPL Cup then, Dave? What's going on with that? I keep forgetting about that because I got knocked out in the first round.
1: Yeah, I've kind of forgotten about that, but we can (laughs) give an update now. Um, We've got down to the last eight. So basically this week, uh, well, the the coming game week is going to be the last eight. It'll be the semi-final for uh, game week 37. And then the last game week at the end of the season will be the final. Um, So we've got in our last eight, we've got Edward Taylor versus Craig Smith. We've got Jason Howarth against uh, Basil Illenikena. We've got Aidan Thompson against Kieran Knott. And we've got Callum Davis uh, against Lee Banks. And so that's our final eight. And that surprisingly, the, those names, are, there's one or two in there in the top 10, but they are other names from outside. So the cup competition does give... Um, a, a, an element of uh, differentiation and allows other players to uh, to progress. So it's, uh, it's good. It's, it adds to the interest, certainly for those who were uh, left in.
3: Yeah, it certainly does. I hope they do that again next season, actually, because uh, I think they will. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm gonna pay even more attention next season to FPL than I have done this. season. That wouldn't
1: be difficult, would it?
3: Hey, D- Dave. <laughs> right, I finished way higher up the table this season than I did last season. Like I've improved this year quite a lot. You had I,
1: most salary in your team when he was still at AFCON.
3: I did, but then you kindly reminded me that I was supposed to change my team because look, that was a blip in the season. I couldn't. I. I Okay. I'm still finishing higher this season than I did last season. It's an improvement. So next season, I'm going to finish higher than you. Um, Okay. I've lost my place now on the script. Where are we? Where are we? Oh, team of the week. Where's the latest team of the week, please, Dave?
1: Uh, Yeah. The theoretical best team of the week would have been worth 130 points uh, plus double points whichever player was selected as captain. But the best score of any manager, that's out of the 9 million plus, was 129, uh, and the average was 44. So well done if you at least scored above average points. Anyway, here's the best 11 from last week, including two Burnley players. Uh, we've got the team in a 5... Oh, uh, have we got... Yes, a 5... Four-one formation. So we had Jordan Pickford in goal. Uh, in defence, we had uh, a couple of Man United players and a couple of Arsenal players. So we had uh, Varane, Teles, Gabriel, and Holding. Uh, we had Diaz of Manchester City in there as well. That was the back five. Uh, our midfield four included two Burnley players. Uh, we had Josh Brownill and uh, Jack Court, the two goal scorers. Uh, along with uh, Bissouma of Brighton and Hung Min Son of Tottenham and uh, Danny Welbeck of Brighton up front on his own. The high scorer uh, of all those 11 players was Hung Min Son, who got 19 points. Very impressive.
3: Very impressive indeed. Uh, Well, due to lots and lots and lots of rearranged fixtures between now and the end of the season, it's actually possible that this may be the last FPL update that we're able to do for you before all of the remaining preview shows done mainly because um they're all likely to be recorded with some matches still outstanding so we actually think me and Dave worked this out before we started recording we think that this might be the last update before we reveal the final placings in the last previous show of the season Dave goodness me that's that's a that's a cliffhanger that's going to be you know this is it now guys you have got three match weeks left to use all your bonus chips to really think about your transfers and get up that table as quickly as you can. Um, And we will be revealing who has won the 2022 Non-Ever FPL League in the last preview show. And Cup. Oh yes, and Cup. We're going to need to do two prizes this year. Listeners, I didn't think this through. I'm going to have to have a word with producer Matt. Matthew, we are gonna need two prizes this year. Anyway, moving on, Dave. Let's deflect that by giving our listeners this week's quiz question, please. Statman
1: Dave's quiz question. Uh, yeah, I hope... Well, I hope I've made this slightly easy this week. I think I was getting a bit of uh, flat for making the questions too difficult. So this week's quiz question, and there were some clues earlier in the show, uh, relates to uh, the player we mentioned for our stat of the week. And the question is... Against which team did Jack Cork score his first Burnley goal and what was the year?
3: Ooh, well, how do our listeners get in touch to submit their answers, please, Dave?
1: Uh, you can tweet us or send us a direct message uh, on Twitter. That's at No nay, Never. You can email us uh, to the dedicated email address we've got, which is preview show at never.net or you can also reply uh, to the post we're going to put up for the preview show on either the no Never Facebook page or on YouTube.
3: And then the answer to this quiz question will be revealed at the start of our next preview show which is for our away trip to Spurs. That takes place at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next Sunday. That episode should be available for you to listen to next Friday as usual. Um, Before we let our lovely listeners go then, Dave, please, what have we got in terms of community news? Uh,
1: Well, firstly, a regular reminder to bring a tin for the bin. Uh, Central Lanx Clarets are going to be accepting your donations of tinned items at the collection points around Turf Moor prior to Saturday afternoon's match. So please bring something along if you're able to, as the Burnley FC and the Community Kitchen Food Bank is now helping more people from the local community than ever before. Uh, And a couple of well dones. Uh, Firstly, to the incredible support Of the 2,200 Clarets fans who made the trip to Watford last week, your voices were heard loud and clear. And I think we even had a little... within the analysis show, didn't we? We did. Um, uh, and with away wins being quite a rarity this season, it must have been wonderful to be there in person to see those two late goals, which result in another vital three points. Uh, and also thanks to around 200 people who attended the fundraising anniversary dinner at Turf Moor last Saturday. Uh, the sale of tickets for the night, along with generous donations for the raffle and auction, helped to raise a very healthy amount of money for Captain Fantastic, John Pender. Uh, it was great to see the 1991 four division champions returned to turf Moor, and the reception given to all the players and especially to John Pender himself was not only vociferous but very moving too um, I can definitely recommend that you go along to the next Burnley former players event uh, uh, whenever that might be it's yet to be arranged but I'm sure there'll be ones coming up in the future
3: yeah, I think you're you're kind of in the know with that now, though, Dave, aren't you? You're going to be our former Players Association correspondent, I think, next season, aren't you? You've been, uh... Uh,
1: yeah. I'll hopefully, bring whatever news I can on that. Uh, next Excellent. Season.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's there you go. I'm just giving you more jobs to do, Dave, because you're you're not quite busy enough. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that that's all really really great news. That the, the the crowd at the Watford game was was incredible. It did us all immense pride. Um, I think we had most of team none and ever was was there, and uh, yeah, I, I genuinely thought we were going to lose George um, at some point. (laughs) I think uh, Tom was a little bit incoherent as well and Rich I think we've got we've got so many great photos from all of us I'll share them on social media this week as well it was very funny um that's all we've got time for then listeners my thanks go to everybody who has contributed to making this podcast to call call Petum, is it Petum or Patem? Petum, I think, um, for providing us with an opposition view. Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements to producer Matt for getting all of this together and getting it out onto the airwaves. And, of course, Dave Statman-Roberts for just putting in a phenomenal amount of work to get the preview show out there. Last but by no means least, you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Uh, the analysis show should be back on Tuesday as normal, looking back on what will hopefully be a fourth successive win in the Premier League and get the, keep the mighty Clarence out of the relegation zone. And Dave and I will be back next Friday night, as usual, looking ahead to that away trip to Spurs. Do take care of yourselves and your loved ones in the meantime. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time.
0: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around